Welcome to I Love Basketball, a podcast on the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I'm your host, Raj Chapalu, joined today by Jacob Rude. Jacob, I know it's late where you're at. Uh, it's uh, it's not Pacific time for sure, um, but I appreciate you staying with me. We just watched a really fun game against the Phoenix Suns, game two. Um, how are you doing tonight? How are you feeling? It's enjoyable. Uh, I, I mentioned this uh to Hani when we were previewing Monday's game, but I just wanted better vibes from the preseason this year. And I think I mentioned it to you. Just wanted better vibes, and the vibes have been a lot better. The vibes are really fun tonight. LeBron is still really damn good at basketball. I agree, yes. Um, the vibes are a little bit better than what's going on in Golden State, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever happened out there, we'll, I'm sure we'll get more news once this podcast comes out. Um, but yeah, the vibes look good. The team, uh, it's fun, right? I'm not sure they're good yet. I don't know if there's a good team in here yet, but there's a fun team, I think, uh, in here. Uh, before we get, I guess, too detailed, uh, what are, I guess, overarching thoughts? First two games, was it kind of what you've expected? Anything kind of really stand out to you that maybe you weren't expecting or just um, is is popping off the screen for you uh, to start these two games? What What's standing out before we kind of go detailed into, into tonight's game? Well, definitely tonight, uh, a little bit um, on Monday as well. I was trying to think when the other game was. Just yeah. the spacing and just mm-hmm. the, the movement and just the – just the amount of room to work on offense is noticeable. It's much different than Frank Vogel's kind of too big system. Mm -hmm. Uh, He always seemed to talk about like wanting to do that, but he never really did it. It was a lot more noticeable tonight. The Lakers committed to going small originally with AD, uh, but then with winning Gabriel and, it's just a lot more free falling. It it just seems like common sense that you surround you surround Braun with like a couple shooters, energetic big man, like there's gonna be success. And that's largely what it was in the first half. So just kind of the 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 spacing. And then the other thing, definitely in both games, just the energy this team plays with is drastically different than last season. Like this team gives a damn and i know that and there was a lot mm-hmm. of times last year where i wasn't sure how much the lakers really cared about what was going on so uh it, it's been a just from that standpoint like the lakers are owing to um i guess they've technically lost like eight nine ten preseason games in a row this just feels a lot different than last preseason though because there have been a lot of bright moments but just the energy they're playing with, you know, that's transferable to NBA games and um, it makes it feel like a lot less of a task to watch Laker games. Yeah, and definitely. I think that energy definitely comes from swapping out a bunch of, you know, guys in mid or late 30s to guys who are still in their 20s. Right. You swap out a DeAndre Jordan, a Dwight Howard for like a Damian Jones, uh, a Thomas Bryant. Wendy and Gabriel, who honestly I thought would be cut before the season, looks like he's uh he's really starting to make a name for himself. He's athletic. And I went to the game on Monday, Jacob, and Wendy and Gabriel's a lot bigger in person mm-hmm. than like you think. He's a lot bigger, he's a lot more stronger. Um, maybe just because the Lakers play a bunch of small guards, but he looks huge. He looks like a force out there. And the spacing, you're totally right. It looks like Ham has really been able to implement his like four out one in system. Uh 
like the videos kind of show, he's uh, guys like Damian Jones are running to the corner. Russell Westbrook is running to the corner. LeBron James is starting, you know, possessions in the corner just to keep the integrity of the offense and the spacing uh, correct. So it's been fun. I totally get preseason games don't matter, Jacob, but I want wins. Like I <laughs> like I I wanted a win tonight, and this game was right for the taking. Right there for the taking. I thought you know Landry Shamet hit a bunch of tough shots, uh, a bunch of pull up threes, but. Uh, and I thought Scotty Pippen Jr. made some uh, wrong decisions with the basketball that uh, I would like to see him kind of not turn the ball over in a few situations. Um, obviously, you're not expecting much with that kind of summer league type unit out there. But I wanted a win. Am I wrong for that, Jacob? Am I want wrong for wanting a win? We've lost, I believe, nine or ten preseason games in a row. Um, we didn't get our butt kicked tonight, but you know, I would still would have just liked to get the win out of the way because we're going to sit our guys tomorrow against Minnesota, which is totally understandable, but that's probably another loss. Again, going 0-3 in the preseason means nothing when the game starts. I just, this team is fragile. It's new. It needs momentum. And I think, you know, a couple of wins would have been nice. Officially, they've lost eight preseason games in a row. Eight, uh, okay. But more than that, their last preseason win was the COVID-shortened year. Ironically, over Phoenix, uh, <laughs> December 18th that was in of, Phoenix of 2020 uh, was the last time that they won a preseason game for uh, however much that matters. Uh, more importantly than winning a preseason game, I, ju- I am very stringent on like Quinn Cook hit the game winning shot on that one. I, I, I remember I'm remembering this now. Uh, he hit the go ahead shot with 26 seconds left. Um more than like I'm very stringent on like preseason results are absolutely meaningless. Like the right. Lakers are can go zero and six and win a title. I really don't care. I want to beat the damn Suns. I'm tired of losing to to Phoenix. I I looked it up in the middle of the third quarter, admittedly at a time when we were winning, and I thought, oh, we might actually break this yeah. tonight. Is the tenth straight loss the Lakers have had to Phoenix, whether yeah. in the preseason regular season or postseason the last time we beat phoenix was game three of the playoffs in 2021 a game when i thought oh we figured them out that we've broken them we're going to run away with this series that was the andre drummond meme game yeah Uh, we have not beaten phoenix since and uh tonight was even it was it's rare to even be close to them um so i'm really tired of losing to them i i really want to beat them um, it's going to be a while before we get another shot at it, uh, November 22nd, but yeah, it, I, outside of like the result, um, mm-hmm. I, I've just been really looking at the first halves and because yeah. the, the starters haven't played much, if at all in the second half and both the first halves they've won. And especially tonight, like Phoenix was playing its guys, its main guys, Mm-hmm. Um, and they played well and they look good. And even without AD, there's a lot of positives to take from this one. It also helps when LeBron looks like he's in midseason form and just being, being LeBron. 
Yeah, and and with Phoenix, not only do they beat us, they look like they enjoy doing it, right? Like they oh, look, they, they, they are... absolutely love it, <laughs> and they absolutely kick our butts. Uh, for the last few times, uh, outside of that uh playoff series, uh, where we got hurt. Um, but you're right, look, you look at the starters there, and plus minus it isn't everything, but you know LeBron finishes a plus three. Um, he only played obviously the first half. Chris Paul was a minus six. Devin Burker finishes a minus thirteen. DeAndre Ayton a minus thirteen. I would like to know if that's just you talked about vibes to start early on. The Suns have some vibe issues. That's not something that's very, you know, that you can calculate on like a calculator, but it's clear that they have some internal uh issues going on there in their uh in their locker room or or however you want to put it. Um, but you're right, these first halves have been really good. Like we've looked competitive. This is the only time I'm gonna mention this, Jacob, because I don't even want to think about it. But Anthony Davis sat out obviously tonight due to uh back tightness what i believe and they said it was precautionary um and he's sitting out tomorrow as well um, which you know makes sense and i guess he'll play on sunday when we play the i believe we play the warriors on sunday only time i get into it i'm going to believe anthony davis is healthy this season because if not none of this matters i think you agree with me um (laughs) (laughs) none of anything we're we're discussing here matters but uh, let's go to lebron he was 0 for 7, and being in the building, Jacob, on Monday, I didn't know he was 0 for 7 until I left, and people were like, he was 0 for 7, and I said, really? He didn't make a shot, uh, which I didn't even know. He went to the line a few times. He missed a few bunnies, a few layups, uh, but he looked good. I mean, 17 minutes, 8 for 11, 23 points. Uh, I'm not sure you can be more efficient than that. 3 for 6 from downtown. He looks like he's in year 12, not year 20, just... Uh, still moving, just incredible. Still bumps guys off. Still a monster in transition. Uh, he's playing off the ball even more. They're running off ball sets for him to come off, you know, down screens and curls. What do you see from LeBron tonight? I know you weren't worried, but did this give you a little bit more assurance? Like, okay, LeBron James can still be the number one option on a team that's you know trying to go somewhere. Oh yeah, he's he's fine. I I was the same way. I watched the game. I had the I had the stats in front of me during the game mm-hmm. on Monday. And I didn't know that he was uh, 0 for 7. Um, It didn't matter. And that was LeBron, like, that was his message uh, after the game. I think Brad Turner kind of just mentioned it to him, um, that just asking him about being 0 for 7. And he just kind of shrugged it off. He It was bunnies he was missing. It was just a weird night. He only played one half, like, whatever. He he clearly wasn't really up for it. And yeah, um, he was up for it on, on <laughs> Wednesday. Like, uh, I don't know if it was being in Vegas. He's clearly, he clearly wants to be there. The, the quotes <laughs> he's giving after the game, he wants to own the team in Vegas whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, but he, 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 he's the guy that always, shows out when the when the lights are bright and he knows people are watching so um yeah he's he's incredible it's it's been past the point of being unfathomable like it it, i I, there's no like words you can use to describe lebron um it's wild that we get to watch him play basketball and and that he's heading into feels like year 40 or what, whatever season it is. And he doesn't look like he's missing a beat at all. Like there's, there's nothing that looks different about him. So um, it, it's a joy to see, but specific to like the, the, the scheme and whatnot, he's, a, he, if the Lakers are going to run this offense, like Darvin Ham wants, he's going to thrive 
um, yeah. with the space he has with the driving lanes, uh, the off ball stuff is really intriguing. He he's wanted to be off the ball for for a while. Um, yeah. How much he he actually ends up doing it in games that matter. We'll see. Uh, but it, it's all of it's really intriguing. If you look at the shot chart from the first half tonight, uh, everything except for one shot is either in the paint or at the three point line. And if that's how the Lakers are going to play this season, which I imagine it is, um, I think LeBron's really going to thrive. So I'm really excited for what he's going to be able to do. Um, because yeah, he doesn't look like he's missing a step at all. And if you're putting him in a system that is built to, to his strengths. So it's exciting just the idea of him getting to play in a, a spaced out four out one in style that uh, this could be a big year for him. Yeah. It's crazy watching him still go up and down the floor. Guys still bump off him uh, like nothing. He still is getting to the, to the rim uh, whenever he wants the jump shot looked there tonight. And I don't think he'll be there every single night, but it's something he can go to. And Darvin Ham has kind of uh, implemented this, like where anyone can push the ball. And I think that's like, you know, really help LeBron as well. He can kind of be the finisher in transition. Uh, he can run the wing. Um, Russell Westbrook looks like he's kind of figured out his role within that. It's been, it's been really cool. LeBron James obviously going to probably pass Kareem and scoring, you know, in a couple months. But, uh, yeah, it looks like Darvin Ham has really found kind of an offense that will uh, let him uh, not have to do so much. LeBron's always wanted another ball handler. But I think that guy, Jacob, like, it doesn't have to be a guy you just give the ball to in the half court. Right, they can be more like in transition, uh, kind of secondary attacks. Um, and it, it looks smooth the first two games. I know he wasn't making his shots in the first one, but uh, he looks ready. His conditioning looks there, and it's crazy that like the guy in year twenty is the guy you don't um worry about, which you know doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, when I keep when I keep saying out loud year twenty, it just doesn't uh doesn't make a lot of sense at all. But uh, his game has changed. He's make, taking more three-pointers against six threes tonight. And he did against, like, the Suns' first unit, right? Like, the Suns had their real players out there. They had Chris Paul. They had Devin Booker. They had Mikel, uh, Mikel Bridges. And uh, he was able to score and get to the basket and uh, do do what he wants and still be the driver of the car, uh, driver of this offense. So um, I'm really interested. And uh, I guess a guy I want to kind of transition to here because I think it it kind of speaks to our points on him being able to be off ball. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, uh, eight for 13, 21 points, um, looked as advertised last year as our main free agent signing, right? Our uh, taxpayer mid-level. Uh, I went and saw him in the preseason last year. This is not the Kendrick Nunn I saw last year. This is not even uh, not even close, but two straight games where I think he's shown kind of what uh, where he fits uh, Jacob, do you like him off the bench? Uh, would you like him to start, or um, can he be that kind of six man that uh, that spark plug um, off the bench for us? Yeah, I like tonight's lineup and rotation better. Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Austin Reeves, who who looked Definitely. really good, but um, Kendrick Nunn just has that profile of being a six man off the bench score type, uh, and that is. I mean, that's a role that's going to suit him if he's willing to embrace it. Um, He's a guy that is 
can fill it up at all three levels. It, it's yeah. what we talked about last season, but it, it was, yeah, last season, like he didn't look bad in the preseason, but also the way the Lakers approach it, just in terms of not playing LeBron, Russ, and AD hardly at all. Like, yeah, you never really saw what he could do next to those guys. And you've seen it through the first two games, what he can do with him. You definitely saw it on Wednesday. Um, he can shoot, he can get to the basket, um, and the Lakers are going to need him. Uh, whatever role he's in, they're going to need scoring like that. Uh, I was really encouraged. This was, like you were saying, this is the guy I thought and hoped the Lakers yeah. were getting when they when they signed him last year. Uh, it's a bummer, like obviously what happened, but now that he's here, he's spoken about how healthy he looks. He looks, yeah, he looks 100%. He looks better than he did last season. Uh, it clearly he has a, a bit of a fire to get back out there and, and play at a high level. And he's been another guy that's been impressive uh, through the first two games. And again, it, we talk a lot about how this type of system benefits LeBron, AD, Russ, role players like Kendrick Nunn are going to find a lot of success too, being able to spot up in the corners, uh, being able to, like I said, he can score at all three levels. So get to the rim, um, having that space to operate in is going to be really beneficial to him as well. Yeah, and you talk about the three, you know, three level scoring. He's the only guard that really has that, right? Uh, like yeah. we'll see what Lonnie Walker is, um, who sadly hurt. Uh, looks like you know that's kind of a trend. Our MLE guy is just uh, coming a little bit shaken up. Um, hopefully he's healthy to go uh, pretty soon here. But yeah, Kendrick Dunn's really the only three level score right now, and that kind of comes off. It pops uh, on the screen. Um, he's able to push the basketball as well. Him and AD already show like a really nice chemistry in that first game. Uh, they had some like, you know, empty side stuff where it's just him and AD running uh, pick and roll. And I think that was like the first score of the game where Kendrick Nunn got an open three. He can come off. He has a mid-range game. Like he's a threat from the mid-range. And again, I'm waiting to see what Lonnie Walker looks like there. But right now that's Kendrick Nunn. Um, and he's like just incredible. I like him better off the bench uh i, I will get into austin that kind of fits why but i think his just pick and roll scoring is important and i think he's defended well enough like he's chasing around ball screens they had him on chris paul um tonight devin booker i thought he contested well he's never gonna grow you know like he's never gonna be taller than what he is but i thought defensively he does his job he's a good point of attack defender he can pressure the ball stuff that uh darwin ham really likes and i think you know they'll they're going to kind of play with the lineups here, um, but it's nice. I think, you know, if you already have Russ and LeBron in that starting lineup, I don't think I need another, like, guard ball handler. Um, I would like that guy to be more 3 and D, be more connector, and I just think none off the bench along with Lonnie or whoever else you want to kind of put out there um, with the big as well, maybe 80s, the backup big. Um, you can play all those guys, and, you know, we'll see what guard kind of wins out, but the none has just been as advertised. Right, Jacob. Like we've, it feels like we've got two additions this off season. We got Lonnie Walker and uh, Kendrick Nunn. If uh, if you want to give you know Plinka the benefit of the doubt there, um, but uh, I, but uh, I think you know Kendrick Nunn has just he's played you know incredible, and now he's healthy. Maybe he wasn't last preseason when we saw him, um, but he looks he looks good and looks like he's gonna be in the the top half of the rotation. Right, it feels like um feels like he's in the in the top half of the rotation so far. Yeah, and to that point, with assuming health of LeBron, AD, and Russ, you don't 
really need um, kind of any sort of ball dominant type of guys and or guys that can yeah. create for themselves necessarily. It's more what you need is like guys that are going to do the dirty work, guys that can um, play defense, bring the energy, yeah. dive for loose balls, things like that. I, I always remember um, last season it was uh, at Christmas and mm-hmm. uh, I'm blanking on the Fisdale uh, did, had his press conference and he said, he just flat out said, we don't have enough guys who will do the dirty work. It, yeah. When you bring in guys like Mello and, and Dwight Howard and, and the guys that they brought in Wayne Ellington they're used to the other guys, the younger guys doing the dirty work mm-hmm. uh, in a in a game. And uh, when they came to the Lakers, they were, <laughs> LeBron, AD, guys like that are expecting them to do the dirty work. And so it ultimately ended up and a lot of guys pointing at each other. And then that's what led to the energy not being there and and the, the cascading effect. But when you look at this team and this is partly to the point that I was making earlier about just the energy they play with, but you get guys like Beverly, like Austin Reeves, Juan Toscano Anderson, um, guys, Dennis Schroeder, when he gets here, guys who will go diving for the loose balls, who will pick up guys full court, who will um, just be a, a pass, who will um, sandwich a guy or a big for a rebound, contest for uh, those rebounds, things like that, that um, they there's small things that matter and that add up. And you get that with, with Patrick Beverly and Austin Reeves. It's not to discredit at all Kendrick Nunn's game. Like I said, the Lakers are going to need that. I just don't know that they need that in the starting lineup. But, yeah, if you can turn to a guy as your sixth man that can score, I don't imagine he's averaging 21 a night, but uh, <laughs> score efficiently 15, 16 points on on efficient shooting and a knockdown three-pointer, he may not start. I could see him very easily finishing a lot of games but yeah um that's valuable and and that's what the late the lakers have a role for that or have a need for that and, and kendrick nunn will fill that role so uh we'll see it seems like darvin ham is very much still fluid i think is the word he used in discussing the starting lineup kendrick mm-hmm. nunn had his shot uh but the fact that he played so well off the bench uh unfortunately maybe uh relegate him to the bench we'll see but um he's gonna get a lot of minutes he's gonna have a really big role with this team he's gonna close a lot of games he was impressive he's been impressive through these first two games the lakers um getting him back having him healthy that's a big addition to this team because they didn't have anybody like that last season that's what they attempted to sign DJ Augustine kind of to be oh, in man. some regard uh, last season at, at the trade deadline, but uh, they didn't have anybody like him. And like you said, they don't really have anybody like him on this roster. So he's an important piece of this team. Yeah. So you brought up two names there. Wayne Ellington, 34 years old, DJ Augustine, 34 years old. Um, Carmelo who played a lot for us last year, 38 years old, right? These are guys are just on the end of their careers that like, Again, you put them in like a Vogel scheme where the guard has to like drop down and, you know, box out. And that's stuff that Patrick Beverly kind of does, you know, reactionary. Like he just comes down and helps. He understands his defensive responsibility. And it's cool to like have a player like that. Kendrick Nunn is uh, 27. Just makes a big difference. There's a lot of youth um, that really just pops out. And you're right. I like him off the bench. I think uh, besides our second unit, just playing the majority of the second half in that first game, thought a big issue was just not enough ball handlers 
out there. It's yeah. why you saw Patrick Beverly start running pick and rolls because he's like, there's Juan Toscano in the corner, and then it's Austin Reeves, and then it's me. And so he's like, I'm just going to run actions, and uh, here Damian Jones, come set a screen for me. But, um, yeah, it's a really nice, I think, transition into – because I think Kedrick Nunn would help that. And you also give him – I'd like to give him a lineup, right? It's kind of the – I know THT is long and gone, and, you know, that bridge is kind of uh, – <laughs> that bridge is uh the bridge is burned per se not in a bad way it's just you know he's not coming back but uh i thought thc kind of needed his own kind of lineup whether his talent uh deserved it or not is another question but i think kendrick nunn's kind of in that position where like i know kendrick nunn can catch and shoot but i think like if you have kendrick nunn give him a few possessions let him run some ball screens let him create um give him freedom in the offense right you don't want those kind of guys to be caged kendrick nunn is a creative offensive player he can get to the rim um, and I think that was what that second unit was missing against Sacramento. But Austin just, man, what what a night. I think that first game really put like a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. Um, I said before that I think like second year guys, growth is not always linear, right? It's not like it's yeah. not a linear progression. It's not like they're good this one year and they take this step. Um, but he was a lot better than he showed. Uh, but his line tonight, only six points, uh, but seven rebounds, nine assists three steals, two blocks. Um, that's just not normal. That's not like a normal guard line. I don't care if it's preseason, uh, but he played 28 minutes tonight. Um, oh, sorry. No, I think he played like 35 minutes. Am I looking he did. At... He played th- He played 35 minutes. 35 36. minutes. Um, look, 36 minutes. Okay, yes. I don't know if I have the right box score here. Um, but anyway, like he was just incredible. I thought his passing was there. And this is why I want to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I've been on the like, I think Austin needs to start. Like I... I think if he's off the bench, you've, you're kind of not getting what Austin Reeves is. And I think, you know, the Caruso comps we've made all summer are kind of unfair, but it's kind of in that same uh, in that same realm where, like, if you put Caruso against a bunch of guys who aren't good, aren't, like, high-level players, he's not going to look the same, right? You don't want Caruso running a billion pick-and-rolls. He can do that. I think Austin Reeves came out of college as a ball handler, but his specialty, especially last year, was playing against, with stars, the like quick decision, the reads that are instant, right? He makes the right read and they're quick. That's just rare for a guy, even who's uh who's done a rookie year. So do you agree with me or what are your take on Austin? I guess I thought that, you know, that first game kind of just uh it was all the things that's like he's not good at. Like he's not a super aggressive player if he's the main initiator. But man, you put him next to LeBron James and uh even Russell Westbrook or where he can attack an already compromised defense. He just uh he looks like he knows and is such a special player in that regard. So uh, do you agree with me on that? Do you think Austin needs to start or is there like a second unit lineup for him or just your overall thoughts, I guess, on Austin uh from tonight? Yeah, it if you look back to Caruso like in that bubble season, he looked a lot better playing with LeBron. KCP, AD, whoever it was, Kuzma, than he did playing with Rondo, uh, yeah. Javille, like like guys like that where he he has a, a different role, Avery Bradley, whatever it was. I I, I think there's a point there that uh, Reeves is in the same boat, that he's improving and eventually Caruso, his last season in LA was just kind of good regardless of the lineups. And he just excelled more next to LeBron and things like that. But I, I think Reeves is kind of on a similar trajectory, uh, trajectory, excuse me. And yeah, I, I fully think he, he needs to start. Um, and we were talking about LeBron playing off ball. You don't need a point guard playing next yeah. to LeBron. You just need a guy that can handle the ball. 
and Reeves came out of uh, Oklahoma as a point as a ball handler as a point guard uh, or maybe more of kind of a, a ball dominant too but he played that role in college and yeah. so he's he's familiar with it he talked about it this summer that he was open to playing more as a ball handler as a creator uh, playmaker and you've kind of heard and seen a little bit that he's played really well as a playmaker in camp and I, I wouldn't say either Patrick Beverly or Austin Reeves are traditional point guards, but I I think both can work in a similar way to to how KCP and Danny Green weren't point guards yeah. when when the Lakers won a title. When it comes down to it, LeBron's always going to be the one with the ball when things matter. Uh, but it's all those minutes um, leading up to the final five or whatever it is that. Uh, you need guys that can handle the ball. Patrick Beverly can do that. Uh, Austin Reese can do that. But to the point I was making earlier about doing the dirty work and just doing a bit mm-hmm. of everything, that's what Austin Reese did tonight, and that's what he does. Like, like you said, that was not. That's a, that's a wild um, stat, <laughs> stat line for yeah. for a shooting guard. Seven rebounds, nine assists, three steals, two blocks. He had that like early in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I just kind of looked it up when he, he had an assist, man, he's really passing the ball. Well, and I tweeted it out. He was flirting a five by five for with mm-hmm. like 18 minutes to go in the game. He ended up having to play a lot because uh, Dennis Schroeder's not here yet, but um, and later in the game, you could see why you don't really want him as a sole shot creator or anything like that. But, I do think he excels more next to LeBron. Uh, the better the teammate he plays with or the teammates he plays with, the better he is. Yeah. Um, I I mean, you can make the comparisons to Caruso. I, you can't like someone else. I think this all also applies to is like a Draymond Green. Like he, he didn't look great when Golden State didn't have Steph or Clay that season. But uh, you bring back Steph, Clay, guys like that. And um he looked a lot better when he's not throwing punches at, at his teammates, apparently, whatever's <laughs> going on there. But um, he's Austin Reeves is just one of those guys that he plays off the superstars really well. Um, he had great chemistry with LeBron last year, AD as well. Um, he just kind of checks off a lot of boxes that you want. We haven't really seen his three-point shot. Um, he only took one on Wednesday. I don't remember him taking many uh, on Monday either. It just hasn't been something he's done yet. But yeah, um, that would be the only, I think, realistic reason that like you wouldn't start him if his jumper is just atrocious, which it came and went last season a bit. But outside of that, I, I don't know what the argument would really be for not starting him. He was one of three from three on uh, on Monday. So yeah, I, I think he fits so well with LeBron, AD, uh, even next to Russ, who it seems like is going to start uh, at least at the <laughs> beginning of the season. Um, he plays yeah. so well off of them that I, I think it, it makes a lot more sense to start him, bring a guy like Nunn off the bench, uh, probably Schroeder as well, and um, kind of change things up that way. But yeah, I, 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 I man, Austin Reeves looks, looked really good tonight. <laughs> really encouraging and um i'm i'm just excited because 
he was a lot of fun last year, but it was like he was the lone bright spot in a really dull season. And um, seeing him just kind of playing in this in this system as well, he really shined. And uh, he's such a he has such a great IQ that he knows where yeah. the space is. He knows where the open players are. Like he's he's already kind of fitting seamlessly into this system. So I'm excited to see what he can do in this as well because um, giving him that much space with a player that is as kind of versatile as he is, is, is I would imagine going to lead to good things. Yeah. And so like, I don't, you know, not every assist is, you know, the same, not every box score assist is the same nine assists. And it's not like he's running a million pick and rolls, right? These are like secondary third actions where the ball swings to him. Defender is closing out. He's shot fake drive. Uh, you know, no look pass to like Wendy Gabriel to Damian Jones to Thomas Bryant. Like these are like plays just that are just ingrained when you need in like high level role players that you need around stars. So I'm excited about Austin, and I think it's imperative that he starts because I think he just gets lost. Um, I don't think he's a guy that's gonna be aggressive as a scorer as much as we want him to shoot more. It's just not his game. It's just like it's not who he is. It's not ingrained in his DNA, even though he might have that skill set. Um, he's been great. Uh, we'll close out with this. Um, I think it would you know, be lost on us to not at least do a little bit on Russ. We spent the whole summer on Russell Westbrook, and I think if he's playing well, it's fair to at least give him you know a segment here uh, before we close out. I think Darvin Ham is kind of uh has been really clear and it looks like he has a defined role. He knows uh, what he's doing here. Um, and he looks like he knows exactly, you know, he, there's some turnovers that are mixed in there. I can live with those. They're turnovers on aggression, right? They're not just um, being lazy or passive with the basketball. He's driving, he's looking to score or to kick and facilitate. Uh, I guess my question to you, Jacob, before we close out here, is that, you know, is this sustainable? Do you think this like, uh, obviously it's not a high bar that we're kind of looking for, but is this play sustainable? I think, you know, he's done his job. I think he's played hard on defense, even if it hasn't been productive all the time. I think he is trying more. I think he is more engaged, um, than, you know, a player is not going to be overnight. Uh, but I think he is more engaged. Do you think that's sustainable? Um, or is this something that you think will be short term, uh, to start here? <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. It's hard to tell with Russ, yeah. um, because it, he'll go through stretches where, He's really trying and he really uh, is focused on both ends of the court. And then there's times where I think it was um, it was in that third quarter. It was early on. I, I would imagine that he knew he was coming out shortly, but there was a, a three from kind of the opposite wing and he was in the far corner and he just didn't like even look <laughs> at his man and his man went racing in and grabbed the rebound and yeah. got them a second chance basket. And I, I don't mean to like nitpick, one of the bad plays, but those are going to be the moments that kind of define as much as anything, whether Russ is going to be able to play. Um, yeah. When, when these games matter offensively. Yeah. I, I think he's looked largely fine. Um, again, another guy that you give him space, even last season when things were awful, when he was put in kind of the lineups that space things out more, he could get to the rim still like he did when when the Lakers went to LeBron at the five, like that helped Russ a lot as well. Um, yeah. So putting him in a lineup with like tonight with winning Gabriel as the big man who was either in the dunker spot or could space out a little bit more that helped. Um, Russ can still 
get to the rim. Now, yeah. can he finish at the rim is still up for debate. He still had a couple shots he left short or things like that. But um, it's going to be a lot more, I think, baby steps maybe with Russ. And we ultimately, there may not be enough time before he's traded uh, before <laughs> we really see anything because it feels like at any point he could be traded. Um, there was a report from earlier in the week that the Lakers, I think it was, I can't remember its exact wording, but basically we're at the one yard line. Um, Lakers is that like were the NBA comp for like the one yard line. Is that what this is? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a shot like rolling around the rim and you can't tell if it's going to fall in <laughs> or out. And ultimately it falls out uh, on this one, but the Lakers are at the one yard line uh, for dealing rust for buddy and miles. We'll see. Uh, I don't know how much of this preseason is an audition for him to see how it works and, and how confident Darvin Ham is in him. I don't know how much sway he has if he goes to the front office and says, look, I don't know that this is going to work. Is that going to be enough for the front office to say, all right, we'll go do the deal. I don't yeah. really know where, where that stands, but ultimately through two games, I, I certainly think there's been enough positive to keep giving him opportunities um i think i mean i was i'm a little surprised looking at his his line tonight he was 4 12 with 12.6 rebounds and three assists it didn't feel like he shot 4 12 uh, he knocked down a couple threes and maybe that kind of changes your mm -hmm. mindset because he if he's making threes it feels like a good rest night <laughs> right. um and as you were saying earlier, I think one of them was a corner three, which is something that the Darvin Ham said they wanted to use uh, an area where they wanted to use him more. He's been good as a corner three point shooter the last couple of years. Um, so they're trying to put him in situations to succeed, whether it's with more space around him uh, in smaller lineups, whether it's in the corner where he's a better three point shooter statistically. They're trying, and it seems like he's trying. It's just a matter of how long both sides are willing to try to to figure this out and turn it into a positive before they just kind of cut bait and move on in whatever way that ends up looking like. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, there are sustainable things. I think, you know, they found something at least. He's driving to the rim. He's found gaps in the defense. Um We'll see if it continues. Uh, the Lakers play tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. They play against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I don't think they'll get a win in that because everyone's sitting. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, I think their game after that is against the Warriors on Sunday if I have my preseason schedule correct. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm hopeful tonight. Uh, Cole Swider, uh, who I've been pushing for minutes, went one for seven. It's okay, Cole. You know we're gonna uh we're gonna build up to NBA minutes. Uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, uh, but Jacob, I appreciate you joining me, man. I know it's late where you're at. Uh, I appreciate you joining here, and this was a fun conversation. I uh, hope to have you uh on again. Thanks everyone for uh listening to uh, I Love Basketball. Make sure you subscribe to uh, the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.